Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion. Right now, I'm going to be praying. I'd like to read to, to us the scripture, First Timothy. from verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. For we have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Right now we're going to be praying, praying against deception going on around the world against um, the people wanting to have the, the enemy, wanting to create a tribe of fully vaccinated people and unvaccinated people. We're gonna come against, pray against that decept- deception. We cut them off from their roots. It is not the time of the Antichrist and therefore we refuse to allow such wickedness run on rampage around the world. We're also going to pray for the salvation of men's souls all around the world. We're also going to pray against the different um, insurgencies or different things that are plaguing the nations, you know, eating them from their roots. Like uh, for, for example, Nigeria, the insurgency in different parts of the African countries, rape, molestations, you know, um, different attacks on their citizens, um, um, or what do you call it, um, militias in different African countries, in the US and Europe, racism, unnecessary racism, lies from the media, you know, Black Lives Black Life Matters, all those kind of things that are plaguing the nations. They are using it, the devil is using it as an instrument against the people. Let's begin to pray, pray against those things and and you mute yourself right now. I was married Salamatilam. Bakosha Kapadi, Bakoro, the city of the Lucas, <laughs> 
Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you, O God. We exalt your holy name, O God, for you are God by yourself. Marakashanta kabara, rekebo soto kubele gere, bosoto kubela kabashata, riba karara bashata kabale gere, bosoto kubaya. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we cut off every single plan of the enemy, O God. We cut off every single plan of God, preparing for the Antichrist of God, bringing all the vaccinations of God. Lord, we thank you, O God, because in the name of the Lord Jesus, the lies have been exposed on a daily basis, because yes, this is our month of truth, our season of truth, hallelujah. Yes, the lies have been exposed, O God. And we pray for the nations of the world, O God. Everything that has been crippling them, O God. Everything, O God, hidden in the fabrics of God that has been used to manipulate lead the people in the different nations in the different countries of God but we thank you because they come to an end we put a stop to them in the name of the Lord Jesus thank you precious father because this evil proceeds no further in Jesus name amen praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord glory to God hallelujah good morning good afternoon good evening everyone Depending on what part of the world you are being connected at this time, you are welcome to be inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so very much, esteemed Sister Maka, for the opportunity to lead prayers every morning. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Right now, we're going over to the Rhapsody of Reality segment. Over to you, esteemed Sister Maka. You are the love of my life. You are the hope that I give to you. More than the soul and to me, I would dream. Oh, 
Thank you, Father. You always remain the object of our deepest affections in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for a new day. Thank you for a new week. We give you praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Thank you so much, esteemed Pastor Debbie, for the opening prayer and for the times of intercession for the nations and for the leaders of the nations. Praise God. If you look at the screen, today is Monday, 26th of April, 2021, and today's devotional article is The Divine Essence. The Divine ex Essence. The Divine Essence. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and had professed a good profession before many witnesses. First Timothy 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and had professed a good profession before many witnesses. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that anyone who believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. That's why Jesus came to give eternal life to men so they could be in fellowship with God. The question to ask is, did he achieve his purpose? Emphatically, yes. The Bible says, and this is a testimony, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. 1 John 5 and verse 11, NIV. He's not about to give us eternal life. He's done it. The next verse says, he who has, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. 1 John 5 verse 12 niv translation he's referring to the life and nature of god the divine essence the life and nature of god the divine essence that life is incorruptible is neither subject to failure nor death this is the life you have 
you have in Christ. Ephesians 2 and verse 1 says, this, and now, sorry, Ephesians 2 verse 1 says, and you had he quickened that is made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. You are not dead in sins anymore. Why? You have eternal life now. Say, I have eternal life now, 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 now. Not many Christians know they have eternal life. So John says, Arise these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. First John 5, verse 13, NIV translation. John wrote this to them because they lived as though they didn't have the divine life. Like these guys, are you living like though, as though you do not have it, the, the divine life? You know, when the whole COVID-19 stuff started and then, you know, Christians were saying, eh, you know, we have to do this, we have to do this, eh, heaven helps them, help those who help themselves, you have to protect yourself and all of that. I thought the Christian himself is protection. He said, John wrote this stuff so that they might know that they have eternal life because they were living as though they didn't have it. Now we go on social media, a lot of men of God, men of God that we thought were men of God. You know, see, because God cannot be mistaken. The character and nature of God cannot be mistaken. It is why we have the Bible. At least those of you who have joined us in reading the Bible, we have since seen through the scriptures, back to back, every book, every chapter, we have since seen the nature of God. There was no time God ran away from trouble, right? There was no time he ran away from someone who was sick or God had to protect himself against sickness. We read how that Jesus touched the leper. We read it, except you've not been following us. We read the Bible together. So the one who touched, you know, leprosy is a very contagious disease, right? Then he touches the leper. And then somebody tells us that we need to take a vaccine to protect ourselves. The man who touched the leper lives inside of me. What other protection do I need? If I even make contact with the so-called virus, would that one who healed leper that lives inside of me, would it not be automatic cleansing? If he touched the lepers, the, he did not contact the leprosy. Rather, the leprosy in the man died on the spot. You see why John had to write to tell the children of God at that time. And even now, for those of us who may not know, he said, I write unto you, who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You need to know. There are three key things in the Christian life. If you have these three things, you will be a success as a Christian. Number one is knowledge. You must know. Ignorance is not an excuse in the kingdom because it will lead to destruction. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, not for the lack of power, not for the lack of of, of, of even the presence, that is, you know, the, the, there's, there's a, 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 a gospel musician um, called Bucci, he's a deacon, deacon Bucci. 
He said, how can a man carry God and die? How can a man carry God and be sick? Is abnormal. But it is possible because he does not know. Do you remember the story of Elisha? He died, he was buried. And then by mistakenly, a dead body was thrown into his grave. A dead body was thrown into the grave of Elijah. The body touches the body of Elisha, rather. And the man came back to life. Elisha's dead body still carried the divine life. See, you must know. You must know. You must know. You are traveling. Then the thought is coming. What if there is a plane crash? Just laugh. See, you don't respond to thoughts with thoughts. Laugh out. You see, the devil is very stupid and very foolish to even bring such thoughts to you. Just ask him, can God crash? Then continue whatever it is you are doing. Now, you can better understand why Paul, writing to Timothy, said, lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold, seize it, hold it, catch it. Don't let it go. Something appears in your body. It's time to lay hold on eternal life. The doctors are saying there is nothing they can do about it, but there is something that you can do about it. I shared my testimony here before in 2018 when I had a spinal cord issue and for some time I could not walk. And after we had finally found out what the issue was, the story the doctor would tell me is that there is nothing they can do about it, that it doesn't have any, any particular, they can't do anything. And I'm like, are you serious? Anyways, <laughs> I, I can do something about it. And every day I would talk, every day I was listening to the scriptures. The authority of a believer, I would listen to it Part one to, I think, it, it, was it part nine or part 12? The authority of a believer. I remember when I got to part four, I knew I had laid hold. I had laid hold at that point on eternal life. I knew I had. I knew I had. If funny things have been happening in your life and in your family, go and listen to <laughs> the authority of a believer, part four. Go and listen to it. You'll be, you'll be charged in your spirit. You'll be, you'll be compelled. You'll be provoked to lay hold on eternal life. The underlying portion is epilambanomai. It's a Greek word. And it means to lay hold of something without letting go. That's how you should relate with eternal life. Don't let it be a mere theoretical knowledge to you. Seize it. Make it work for you. Make it work for you. That means it can be there and not work. Make it work for you. And that period, all I did was talk. As I was listening, I was talking, I was speaking in tongues, waking up every cell in my being with tongues and reminding my body that I, <laughs> Christ is my life. Christ is my life. Christ is my life. Christ is in every fiber of my being. It cannot not be that <laughs> medical condition. But how? 
seize it make it work for you every so often declare i have eternal life i hope you are declaring with me i have eternal life in the name of jesus therefore i live above the elements of this world i'm in dominion blessed be god blessed be god if there's been an issue with your health don't cry if there's been an issue with your health, don't cry. If there's been an issue in business, don't cry. If there's been an issue in your marriage, in your relationship, in your finances, in your work, whatever it is, don't cry. Don't panic. Don't worry. Rather, declare concerning your health and keep declaring, I'm perfected in Christ Jesus. I refuse to accommodate any sickness, disease, or pain in my body because I have the life of God in me. I've taken hold of eternal life. Soon enough, your physical body will comply. Soon enough. He said your physical body will comply because it's been impacted by the divine life in you. That means by your words, you can do that impartation. You see, when you receive a message, for instance, you know, you, some people get a message and they say, um, oh, um, there's um, cancer of something or there's this condition. Just remember Genesis 1, because that's what happened to God. You know that the, the, the one that God created at the beginning wasn't the first world, right? It wasn't the first, first world. God had created a world before then, and calamity had happened. Things had gone bad. What we saw in Genesis 1 was God rearranging, correcting what had gone bad. So that something happened, that something went bad, doesn't mean you are not a Christian. And it doesn't mean that you have offended God. It happened to God. It is a test of the divinity that is inside of you. Like God, you will now have to recreate because what happened in Genesis 1, not, it was not, it's not necessary creation. It was actually recreation. So by you, you will be like your father. He showed you by example. It is why we have the Bible and the word of God so that you can see who you are, what you have, what you can do, and then you can replicate it in the present. So go back to Genesis 1. Just look at how God did it and then do it too. If he said when he was done, he said, and it was good. And it was good. And it was good. It means that at the end of the day, your testimony would be that it was good. Your health was good. Your finances was good. Your business was good. So be like your father. Activate the divine essence. Lay hold on eternal life and walk your miracles. Stop crying to God every night and asking him to do something about it. You say, oh, in my family, they don't, they've not, they don't marry in time. Lay hold on internal life. Correct it. It's as simple as that. Create a new aeon for your family line. I'm going to hand over to Sister Joy for the further study and the Rhapsody Confession. Thank you so much, everyone. God bless you. Thank you so much, Ma. Good morning, everyone. Sorry, just a minute. Good evening, depending on where you're connecting from. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this wonderful opportunity. Uh, we're going to be reading from 
Ephesians 2, 1 to 6, it says, And you art he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and whereby the nature of whereby the nature of the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved and that raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we're also reading John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise God. Right now, I'm going to be taking the confession together. You don't have to unmute your mic. Just repeat after me wherever you are. I'm perfected in Christ Jesus. I refuse to accommodate any sickness, disease, or pain in my body because I've taken hold of eternal life. I'm reigning through Christ over the elements of this world. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now, I would like to hand over to Brother Z as he takes us through the New Testament reading of the one-year Bible plan. Once again, thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. And thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Have a glorious day ahead. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depending on what part of the world you are connecting from, welcome to the Inspired by the World Times of Devotion. Thank you so much, Sister Maka, for this amazing platform. Uh, we're going to be reading the New Testament Bible reading. I'm going to be sharing my screen at the moment. So we have been reading the message translation, and it's been a very, very interesting read. Today, we are reading the book of Luke, chapter 22. Congratulations for everyone that has been consistent. Um, the caption is, The Passover Meal. Reading from verse 1 to 38. Verse 1 says, The feast of unleavened bread, also called Passover, drew near. The high priests and religion scholars were looking for a way to do away with Jesus, but fearful of the people, they were also looking for a way to cover their tracks. That's when Satan entered Judas, the one called Iscariot. He was one of the twelve. Leaving the others, he conferred with the high priests and the temple guards about how he might betray Jesus to them. Hmm. They couldn't believe their good luck and agreed to pay him well. He gave them his word and started looking for a way to betray Jesus. But out of sight of the crowd, the day on unleavened bread came, the day the Passover lamp was butchered, Jesus sent Peter and John off saying, go prepare the Passover for us so we can eat it together. They said, where do you want us to do this? He said, keep your eyes open as you enter the city. A man carrying a water jug will meet you. Follow him home. Then speak with the owner of the house. The teacher wants to know, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will show you a spacious second 
story room, swept and ready. Prepare the meal there. They left, found everything just as he told them and prepared the Passover meal. When it was time, he sat down, all the apostles with him and said, you have no idea how much I have looked forward to eating this Passover meal with you before I enter my time of suffering. It's the last one I will eat until we all eat it together in the kingdom of God. Taking the cup, he blessed it, then said, take this and pass it among you. As for me, I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God arrives. Taking bread, he blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Eat it in my memory. He did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant written in my blood, blood poured out for you. Do you realize that the hand of the one who is betraying me is at this moment on this table? It's true. The Son of Man is going down a path already marked out. No surprises there. But for the one who turns him in, turns straight up to the Son of Man, this is doomsday. They immediately began, became suspicious of each other and began quizzing one another, wondering who might be about to do this. The caption, get ready for trouble. Within minutes, they were bickering over who of them will end up the greatest? But Jesus intervened. Kings like to throw their weight around and people in authority like to give themselves fancy titles. It's not going to be that way with you. Let the senior among you become like the junior. Let the leader act the part of the servant. Who would you rather be? The one who eats the dinner or the one who serves the dinner? You rather eat and be served right? But I've taken my place among you as the one who serves, and you have stuck with me through thick and thin. Now I confer on you the royal authority my father conferred on me, so you can eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and be strengthened as you take up responsibilities among the congregations of God's people. Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me, like chaff from wheat. Simon, I have prayed for you in particular that you not give in or give out. When you have come through the time of testing, turn to your companions and give them a fresh start. Peter said, Master, I'm ready for anything with you. I'll go to jail for you. I'll die for you, Jesus said. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, Peter, but before the roaster crows, you have three times denied that you know me. Then Jesus said, when I sent you out and told you to travel light, to take only the bare necessities, did you get along all right? Certainly, they said, we got along just fine. He said, this is different. Get ready for trouble. Look to what you need. There are difficult times ahead. Pound your coat and get a sword. What was written in the scripture? He was lumped in with the criminals. Get its final meaning 
in me. Everything written about me is now coming to a conclusion. They said, look, master, two swords. But he said, enough of that. No more sword talk. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in our hearts in Jesus' name. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brother John, who will take us through the Old Testament Bible reading plan. Thank you so much, everyone. God bless you. Have a beautiful day. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much, Brother Jose. <laughs> At the end of your reading, I just what just came to my mouth was that I love Jesus. He's a master of words. We move to the Old Testament. And um, we're reading the book of First Samuel 26 to 28 this morning. I'd like to say a big thank you to the esteemed Amara for this opportunity. Okay. The caption, obsessed with a single flea. Remember, we're reading the story of David now from verse 1. Some Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah and said, did you, did you know that David is hiding out on the Hakila hill just opposite Cheshima? Saul was on his feet in a minute and on his way to the wilderness of Ziph, taking 3,000 of his best men, the peak of the crop, to hunt for David in that wild desert. He camped just off the road at the Hakila hill opposite Jeshua. David, still out in the back country, knew Saul had come after him. He sent scouts to determine his precise location. And David set out and came to the place where Saul had set up camp and saw for himself where Saul and Abner, son of Ner, his general, were staying. Saul was safely inside the camp and circled by, by the army. Taking charge, David spoke to Ahimelech, the Hittite, and to Abishai, son of Zeruah, Joab's brother, who will go down with me and enter Saul's camp. Abishai whispered, I'll go with you. So David and Abishai entered the encampment by night, and there he was. Saul stretched out asleep at the center of the camp. His spear stuck in the ground near his head. It's Abner and the troops sound asleep on all sides. Abishai said, this is the moment. God has put your enemy in your grasp. Let me nail him to the ground with his spear. One hit will do it. Believe me, I won't need a second. But David said to Abishai, don't you dare hurt him. Who could lay a hand on God's anointing and even think of getting away with it? Well, as God lives, either God will strike him or his time will come and he will die there or he will fall in battle. But God forbid that I should lay a finger on God's anointing. <laughs> now, grab this spear at his head and the water jug and let's get out of here. David took the spear and water jug and that were right, that were right beside Saul's head and they slipped away. Not a soul saw, not a soul knew. No one woke up. They all slept through the whole thing. A blanket of tips from God had fallen on them. And David went across to the opposite hill and stood far away on the top of the mountain with a safe distance, with this safe distance between them, shouted across to the army. And Abner, son of Ner, hey, Abner, how long do I have to wait for you to wake up and answer me? Abner said, who is calling? Aren't you in charge there, said David. Why aren't you minding the store? Why weren't you standing guard over your master, the king? 
when a soldier came to kill the king, your master, bad form. As God lives, your life should be forfeit. You are the entire bodyguard. Look what I have. The king's spear and water jug that were right beside his head. And now Saul had recognized David's voice and said, Is that you, my son David? David said, Yes, it is me. Okay, my master. Why are you after me, hunting me down? What have I done? What crime have I committed? Oh, my master, my king, listen to this from your servant. If God has stirred you up against me, then I gladly offer my life as a sacrifice. For if, if it is men who have done it, let them be banished from God's presence. You have expelled me from my rightful place in God's heritage, snaring out of here. Go get a job with some other God. But you are not getting rid of me that easy. You will not separate me from God in life or death. The absurdity, king of Israel, obsessed, obsessed with a single flea, hunting me down, a mere partridge, out in the hills. Saul confessed, I have sinned. Oh, come back, my dear son, I won't hurt you anymore. You have honored me this day, treating my life as most precious. And I've acted with you, a moral judge, a real clown. David answered, see what I have here, the king's spare. Let one of your servants come and get it. It is God's business to decide what to do with each of us in regard to what's right and who's loyal. God put your life in my hands today, but I wasn't willing to lift a finger against God's anointing. Just as I honored your life today, may God honor my life and rescue me from all trouble. Saul said to David, bless you, dear, dear son David. Yes, do what you have to do, and yes, succeed in all your attempts. And David went on his way, and Saul went home. Hmm. Chapter 27. From verse 1, David thought to himself, sooner or later, Saul is going to get me. The best thing I can do is escape to Philistine country. Saul will count me a lost corpse and quit hunting me down in every nook and cranny of Israel. I will be out of his reach for good. So David left. He and his 600 men went to Akish, son of Maok, king of Gath. They moved in and settled down in Gath with Akish. Each man brought his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, widow of Nabal of Carmel. Each man brought his household. David brought his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, widow of Nabal of Carmel. When Saul was told that David had escaped to Gath, he called off the hunts. Then David said to Akish, If it's agreeable to you, assign me a place in one of the rural villages. It doesn't seem right that I, your messerman, should be taking up space in the royal city. So Akish assigned him Ziklag. This is how Ziklag to be what it is now, a city of the kings of Judah. David lived in the Philistine country a year and four months. From time to time, David and his men raided the Geshurites, the Gezites, and the Amalekites. These people were long-time inhabitants of the land, stretching toward shore and on to Egypt. When David raided an area, he left no one alive, neither man nor woman, but took everything else, sheep, cattle, donkeys, camels, clothing, the works, then he would return to Akish. Akish would ask, and whom did you read today? David would tell him, oh, the Negev of Judah, or the Negev of Jeremiah, 
or the Negev of Kenites. He never left a single person alive, lest anyone, lest one show up in Gap and report what David had really been doing. This is the way David operated all the time he lived in Philistine country. Akish came to trust David completely. He thought he's made himself so repugnant to his people that he will be in my camp forever. <laughs> Chapter 28. During this time, the Philistines mustered their troops to make war on Israel. Like he said to David, you can count on this. You are marching with my troops, you and your men. And David said, good, now you will see for yourself what I can do. Great, said Akish, I'm making you my personal bodyguard for life. Saul prayed, but didn't answer. It's a caption. Verse 3, Samuel was now dead. All Israel had mourned his death and buried him in Ramah, his hometown. Samuel had long since cleaned out all those who held senses with the dead. The Philistines had mustered their troops and camped at Shunem. Saul had assembled all Israel and camped at Gibor. But when Saul saw the Philistine troops, he shook in his boots, scared to death. Saul prayed to God, but God didn't answer, neither by dream, nor by sign, nor by prophet. So Saul ordered his officials, find me someone who can call up spirits, so I may go and seek counsel from those spirits. The servant said, there is a witch at Endor. So disguised himself as by putting on different clothes. Then taking two men with him, he went under the cover of night to the woman and said, I want you to consult a ghost for me. Call up the person I name. The woman said, just hold on now. You know what Saul did? How he swept the country clean of mediums. Why are you trying to trap me and get me killed? Saul swore swollenly. As God leaves, you won't get in any trouble for this. The woman said, so whom do you want me to bring up? Samuel, bring me some. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out loud, Saul, why did you lie to me? You are Saul. The king told her, you have nothing to fear. But what do you see? I see a spirit ascending from the underground. And what does it look like? Saul asked. An old man ascending, robed like a priest. Saul needs was Samuel fell down face to the ground and worshipped. Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by calling me up? Because I'm in deep trouble, said Saul. The Philistines are making war against me and God has deserted me. He doesn't answer me anymore, either by prophet or by dream. So I'm calling on you to tell me what to do. Why ask me, said Samuel. God has turned away from you and is now on the side of your neighbor. God has done exactly what he told you through me, ripped the kingdom right out of your hands and given it to your neighbor. It is because you did not obey God, refused to carry out his sitting judgment on Amalek, that God does to you what he is doing today. Worse yet, God is turning Israel along with you over to the Philistines. Tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. And yes, indeed, God is even giving Israel, I mean, up to the Philistines. So I'll drop to the ground, felled like a tree, terrified by Samuel's words. There wasn't an ounce of, ounce of strength left in him. He had eaten nothing all day and all night. The woman, realizing that he was in deep shock, said to me, listen to me. I did what you asked me to do. Put my life in your hands in doing it. Carry out your instructions to the letter. It's your son to do what I tell you. Let me give you some food. Eat it to give you strength so that you can get on your way. He refused. I'm not eating anything. But when his servants joined the woman in urging him, he gave in to their pleas, picked himself off the ground, and sat on the bed. 
the woman's moved swiftly. She butchered a grain-fed calf she had and took some flour, kneaded it, and baked some flatbread. Then she served it up all for some and the servant. After dining handsomely, they got up from the table and were on their way that same night. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. And I hand over to Brother Martins to take us through the information. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Brother John. Wow, what you read. Okay, we're taking our commission this morning. And um, let me share the information on the screen, please. Just a moment. Okay, praise the Lord. So our formation, I'm taking our formation. We start our formation by taking your name. My name is, you say your name. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Christ. In this paragraph, I, your name, I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The third paragraph, your name first, my love abounds more and more in knowledge and in all judgments. At this time, I'll kindly ask everyone to unmute your mics as we take our formation at the count of three. Please unmute your mics. Praise the Lord. Okay, at the count of three, one, two, three. My name is Martin Suche. I am able to comprehend with all saints that of the love of Jesus Okay, praise the Lord. So we're going to our communion segment now. Now, key text is taken from First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twenty-three. I receive of the Lord that which I deliver unto you. 
And the Lord Jesus, same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take this, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Please do in remembrance of me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the body of Christ that was broken for all of mankind. As we break this bread this morning, we thank you, Father. But we do show the Lord debts when he comes. We declare that by dying, you destroyed our debts. We declare by rising, you restored our life. Thank you, Lord God. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, go ahead and break the bread and eat it. I won't try to bury the COVID and go hell among After the same manner, also, he took the cup. When he has soaked sin, this cup is in New Testament in my blood. These two years after you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the lost dead till he comes. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you. For the cup of the New Testament in the blood of Christ, that blood has speaketh better things than that of Abel. We thank you as we go forth this week. We go in the name of the Lord Jesus. We have eternal life now. Your wisdom propels us. Your understanding makes us stronger. And your knowledge is all we have and is all we act upon. We declare in the name of the Lord Jesus, the lines are falling onto us in pleasant places. Thank you, Father. We go forth in joy. We are led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills, they break forth before us. And all the peoples of this world, they clap their hands. Because we have the victory. Hallelujah. We'll be made more than conquerors. We give you all the praise, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Go ahead and take the cup now. Oh, shaggy good brother. I'd like to say a very big thank you to the esteemed sister Maka. Thank you so much for this great opportunity. Thank you, everybody. At this point, I'll hand over to Sister Maka to take the remaining part of the meeting. Thank you so much. Glory to God, glory, 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 glory. Thank you so much, Brother Martins. Thank you for the words of prophecy. Thank you, Brother Dozy. Thank you, Brother John. Thank you, Sister Joy. Thank you, Pastor Deborah. It's a new week for us. And, you know, um, when Brother John was reading, I noticed David referring to the people who caused the trouble. He said unto Saul, he said, if God is the one who stirred you up against me, then I offer my life as a sacrifice. He said, but if it be men, and you remember when we talked about those women who were singing, right? He said, may they be cast away from God's presence. And you see, today in the church, there are people who are causing trouble amongst brethren, setting them as enemies against one another. Because we have a lot of Judas, a lot of wolves in sheep clothing. When Jesus was saying, beware of wolves, he said, no, beware of dogs. Then in another place, he talked about wolves in sheep clothing. He was talking to a congregation who was following him. He wasn't talking to outsiders. So he was saying that they are in-house. 
in these last days, may we not yield ourselves as instruments of instigating hatred, quarrels amongst the brethren. And may those who do it, who only seek to destroy the word God is building in the house, who do not seek the will of God, who do not desire the building of the church, may they be cast away from God's presence. Amen. Thank you so much, everybody. It's always a time of um, spiritual bliss, fellowshipping with you all. At this moment, I'm going to call on us to share the benediction together and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with us now and forevermore. Amen. And surely, God's goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives. We dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Your week is blessed. God bless you. Thank you, the victory of the authority of the believer. Oh, okay. The authority of the believer. Okay, I'm going to send out email. I'm going to send it out to all of you. I believe I have everybody's email. But if I if I don't have it, if you for those of you who have my WhatsApp number, please send your email address. If you've gotten an email from me before, please don't send your email address. So that means you get it. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great week. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Ma.